Welcome to Ma's Garage. Let me try that. You totally <laughs> forced him on that. He was not ready at all. He had to slowly sit up and everything. <laughs> no. Yeah, I was not. All right, I'm ready. Counting in in three, two, one. Welcome to Ma's Garage. I'm Smokey. I'm Kev. And I'm Crick. And today, we're talking about confidence and charisma. So grab a log and join us by the fire. That was a mixed ragtag thing, but it works. Yeah. That was our intro music for the season now. It's all mouth it's something, something crazy. Or some, <laughs> something different. I don't know. A little bit of trumpet here and there. Cool. Confidence. Charisma. charisma. They both start with a C. Yeah. They do. One's a stat in video games. One is. I didn't know you could raise confidence in video One games. One actually <laughs> is. Actually, both of them are stats in video games. I've never seen confidence as a stat. I haven't either. Maybe. Probably. I wouldn't doubt it. Through, I feel like they wrap them together. Like your Christmas, like that's like your there speech was, passing and stuff. I feel like, like there were some. Um, I used to play some Elder Scrolls games, and I think confidence may have been an attribute. Interesting, or at least maybe they they used a different word for it. Charisma. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was different than charisma. <laughs> charisma was also an attribute, which charisma gets tied in with speech too, right? Like charisma, I think, skill? is how how well you present yourself, right? How well people receive you. When the more yeah, confident you are, it the doesn't better have you to necessarily yourself. be tied to like how you look. Like no, no, yeah, definitely how you present yourself, how right. you act, and how you treat others. Right, which applies to both. Like someone who's charismatic is someone who is just very good at selling themselves. And someone who's confident is just someone who's really, really believes in themselves. So you could not, and could you not believe in yourself and be able to sell yourself? I don't think you can, because you have to be able to sell yourself before you can sell your, before you can sell to other people, sell, sell, sell to yourself before you can sell to other people. Like you have to be sold on the product before you can sell it to another because other people can tell when you're faking it. Some people, some people can sell whatever though. Some people just love to. That's also, that's also true. That's Mm -hmm. what doctors used to do back in the day. Old timey selling medicine. Why don't you drink it? Uh, Well, they weren't doctors. They were just salesmen, but (laughs) selling medicine. Who knows what's in that bottle? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you know this isn't going to work? Have you drank it yet? Uh, no, <laughs> right here. I'm a practitioner. <laughs> I'm just practicing. like, that is just like that, that skit from Wolf of Wall Street, where you just, you got to create the need. Yep. Yeah. And someone that has a lot of charisma knows how to create a need for the world and themselves. Kind of. That's, that's where I feel like it's almost like a superpower. Like if you're very charismatic and very confident. Captain Charisma. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Charisma. You I feel to, like there actually is a Captain. There, ha, there might be a sounds, Captain Charisma. That's got to be something. That, that does sounds too perfect. Like something. Yeah. Those are two more words that start with a C. <laughs> <laughs> but like 
it, it's, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that power to be able to manipulate people with your confidence. Like if you say something with confidence, even if there's complete BS and no info behind it, you can get people to believe you because you're, you're believable. You know what I mean? You don't have to have substance in what you're actually saying. You just have to be able to sell it. And that's dangerous. <laughs> Depends on how, like what you're talking about when it comes to like the context. Yeah. yeah. But if you're selling something fake, that's not real or an ideology that you don't have any fact in, you're just doing it to manipulate people. You right? have no belief in except you believe you'll get a paycheck. If you sell this, you believe you know what to do, you know, yeah. like, Think about the people that like call and take advantage of people over the phone that like sell these ideas that the people they just get the people on board like oh I'm 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 gonna be committing I'm gonna be like contributing towards this grand idea it's gonna be awesome like think about like people that do like pyramid schemes where I'm gonna be contributing to this grandioso idea like it's all the greater ideal at the top and you're just looking up but you also have to take the time to look around you. And everyone is just looking up. And why is everyone just looking up? That's the trick with a charismatic person is they get you like, they don't give you a chance to look down, do they? They just keep inflating. Look up, look up, look at my, watch my hair, watch my eyes. Mm -hmm. It's like a magician. Watch Watch my hands. Watch this. Look at the watch. Look at this. Look at this. Don't look at the actual things that I'm saying. Don't look Mm -hmm. at the body language. He's got nice shoes. He's got a Ferrari. He's got this. So they got this. So they're successful. They distract so they you with those high value items. Yeah. They distract you with things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if, they're on loan, things. even if they don't own them. You know, there's so many people that oh, yeah. live, Who knows? live that fake lifestyle where it's everything's rented. That reminds me of um, <clears throat> MTV Cribs back in the day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some like... Um, I, I can't remember who it was, but he was like, yeah, I heard that for this. You just like go to go and rent like the greatest car you can find. So like, this is my Maserati <laughs> and then this is, and then this is my Ferrari and they're all they're, they're It's all rentals. <laughs> That's where my favorite one of MTV cribs was. I think it was Steve-O's place from Jackass <laughs> because it was literally like a that. college dorm apartment kind of thing where it was just beer cans, everything where everything was broken <laughs> and he was just showing around. Yeah, man, I jumped through that and like this and it was just like complete different episode of cribs. Like that is wild. He's a hundred percent sober now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're about to drop a new movie too. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, it would be crazy that. that he's still doing this these stunts sober. <laughs> right. Yeah. That they're still doing it this old too. I mean, like I know they've all got kind of like gray hair now, don't they? Talk about believing in an idea. Right. Like and, and we the are the ones injuries. that are gonna subject ourselves for the greater humility of humanity. <laughs> right. Experimentation, right? Them. Yeah, you made a living being a jackass. Like (laughs) literally. Yeah. The thing everybody always told you not to do, you made a whole life career where people love you off doing it. Literally. Like that's because they're charismatic jackasses. If they were assholes to people, I don't think they would come across this way. They wouldn't it wouldn't work. Sometimes in some of their skits, they would be assholes. Like I remember like one of the earlier ones where they where the guy where he 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 rents the car and takes it to the uh demolition derby. (laughs) He he got the insurance though. (laughs) And then he came back and then but no, he didn't. He brought it he brought it back and gave it to them and it was like, Well, it's got a full tank of gas. (laughs) 
and and they're like it's smashed to crap but it's got a full tank of gas but you signed to this contract that if any damages are done to it you will pay them in full well i was drinking when i signed that (laughs) (laughs) that's where i feel like it's it's a beautiful middle ground and you got to find that boundary because that's kind of what we were just talking about with vlog creations is the same thing like in his earlier videos, he admits that he crossed some lines and did some stuff in the name that he thought was funny. He thought originally this would be funny. They would get a laugh, but then he was like, they didn't find it as funny as I found it funny. (laughs) And maybe I was just being a jerk. And so it's like, you have to hone that in. And like you said, that's their earlier episodes too. So it's something they may have realized and kind of moved away from, you know, it's just what you do. No one's perfect. No one's going to, especially in something like a ground like that, that's, you don't have any kind of path to follow. You're kind of making them up as you go. Like what's okay. And what's not okay. That's what life is. Right. Yeah. Figure it out. Have the confidence to try it. You can only hope that people give you the feedback so you can actually like learn that. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise people just like ignore you. Then it's like, uh, I guess I'm doing okay. Cause no one's approaching me. Right. That's what like inspires me from Ross and his stuff is like the confidence that goes into some of those skits where he can just go talk to these people, never break, never smile, never laugh. Just this pure, like some audacious thing that makes no sense. And he's just like, yep. Uh Uh-huh. Like, and just pure dead face. And it's just like, he lives the skit. Yeah. Like you just, he like the fact to not break in some of those situations and some of just the crazy things that you're saying to people is like, that takes some charisma that takes some like control of your personal, like Psyche. emotions and abilities. Yeah. yeah. Takes, takes some cojones. Yeah. How do you, how do you overcome that fear though? of Those things like how he had to be scared at some point. Right. So what do you do to overcome those and just say, screw it. I'm going to do it. So he's the one who helped his thing is who said this and helped kind of make this clear to me. He's still afraid even when he does like the high climbing stuff and he'll climb these crazy things like he's still scared he just has to like deal with that accept that and put like it's the mindset yeah it's like i'm afraid but the goal is more important exactly. i'm more confident in what i want to do if i focus more on being afraid that i'm not going to reach the goal and i could potentially jeopardize myself worse than reaching the goal yeah or then what then putting myself putting myself through a trial to reach the goal. No risk, no reward, right? There's right. anything in life. That's what they say. Chart the uncharted to learn more <laughs> about what nobody knows. How are you supposed to learn if you don't go out there and actively try to learn? Like explore. It's where I feel like blind confidence is can be good and it can be bad. Like that blind confidence of, I have no reason why I'm saying that I should do the things that I'm doing, but something feels right. I feel like I should do them, but that can make really bad things happen too. Blind confidence can blind side you Mm. because if you're just going and you're not paying attention to what's happening around, like that's how you find yourself in a situation that is completely outside of your control that you could have avoided like following a promise for money or following on like a golden opportunity and then ending up a slave or ending up like in a terrible situation 
how do you guys think we gain that confidence? Like, how do you think we just like, what gives us that confidence to do something that we didn't have confidence in before? I think not thinking about it is my biggest thing. Yeah. I would say almost something to the level of blind confidence, but knowing that this is not just the only thing. So if there's, if there could be like a different, if it like reasonable confidence, like experience, like if you have experience in something, you're more confident at attempting it. The more you do it, the more confident. Absolutely. Because you've done it. So it's something, it's something that's familiar to you. So it's more reasonable confidence. As opposed to like a race car driver, just immediately trying to code on a computer. Right. But who, who knows, you know, sometimes you have to have that, that little bit of blind confidence where he could try it because maybe he is even better at coding than he was at being a race car driver. He wouldn't know until he tried. They're, they're correlated because there are jobs where it's like somehow they not related, but somehow he can code while he's driving right. uh, while he's racing. <laughs> Like I got to get this done by deadline and I got to get this. I I, got to win this race. He's hacking the other cars and stuff like that. Why is that? (laughs) just like, bye bye engines. That'd be messed up. That'd be crazy. I think you just need a little bit of foreknowledge. So you, you know, they say just a little bit to be, you know, enough to be dangerous. Yeah. So that way you can jump into it before you give yourself a chance to overthink it out of it. Especially if it's something you want to do, like, if you know enough about it to know it's something you want to experience or you want to investigate in or pursue further, jump on it before you talk yourself out of it because nobody else will talk you out of it quicker than yourself. Right. Absolutely. Because reasons will just continue to pile up. They will. And you can come up with infinite reasons why you shouldn't do something you want to do. Mm-hmm. It's like it's that question that you asked in that previous episode. Like, how do you talk yourself out of talking yourself out of the things that you want to do? Like, you just got to, <clears throat> when you start having these conversations, like you come up with your pros and cons list. You come up with your pros and cons list for your pros and cons list. Like, you just, you don't let it settle. But at a point, though, you have to stop with the pros and cons list and just go for it, right? Yeah, you, you can, can make list all day. You can list it to death. Mm-hmm. You can. And eventually, eventually you realize when the pros and cons list one side outweighs, or at least you can start seeing reason on in giving it a try. There's a difference between dipping your toe in the water and jump it and like putting your whole foot in. Right. Right. And I think another source that we can get the confidence from too, which is a dangerous one to kind of feed off of is like, it's good and bad, but it's other people, you know what I mean? Like other people can encourage confidence to you just because they can believe in your abilities or they can believe in you in general. And that can like encourage people to do things that they never thought they could do, but you can't let that be your only source because if that's like your only motivator, your only source of confidence, then you're going to let people down. Well, yeah. And you're always going to need people around to be confident. You're never going to be able to confident you're rely on that. You are going right? to depend on other people's support. Right. Like, and I, I mean, noticed- I understand, I can understand being dependent, but you, there, there are things that you shouldn't have to depend on getting like recognition of 
others in order for you to make decisions. You should be able to make your own decisions when you have to. Right. Like I'm going to go get this food from this Chinese restaurant. And if I see someone else walking by with like some like delicious smelling barbecue, and then I'm a, I'm like about to walk into this Chinese restaurant and I smell that barbecue and I'm like, you know what? I want that now. Yeah. I mean, I, I noticed that a lot too with like, um, like with girlfriends and stuff like that, because I always noticed that when I was in a relationship, it seemed like there was all these girls that were trying to come on to me. And the moment I'm out of a relationship, they're all gone. <laughs> and it's like, what it is is because when you're in a relationship, there's no, you're not trying to pick up people. You're just confident being yourself. You have someone to go back home to. You're not trying to do anything, you know, because you have that significant other in your company. So you're already demonstrating that you've exuberated enough confidence to attract another person. Well, even that's why it, right. That's why it catches their attention. And yeah, you, the, just how you conduct yourself as -hmm. opposed to when you're on your own, even if you conduct yourself kind of that same way, when they see that significant other with you, that's when it just drives them nuts. That's where they yeah. become territorial almost to a level. Because hey, to basic nature. It does. It's the same thing with a job. When you have a job and you're looking for jobs, you're like, eh, I could do that. I could take this. This one, I don't need to do that one. But then you're not working and you need a job. Then you're like, all right, what's available? Exactly. <laughs> How do I get money then, today? Eventually things happen, push comes to shove. And you're like, I can start making money doing this on this day. And this is lined up. You just got to believe that you can do it. As opposed to holding out for that dream opportunity. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes, you know, don't settle too. Cause like you can miss out on a good opportunity. If you just settle for the first thing that comes your way, you do have to have like, that's where I think it's, it's dangerous that I've gotten into my career with, with jobs and working is that, I've realized the kind of employee that I am and like what my skills are. And so I've become a lot pickier about who I want to work for. I think it's the same reason why I haven't been in a relationship in a while. Cause I'm the same thing with, with partners is I'm more picky because I know my value in a relationship and I know what I'm looking for. You know, I understand that because I feel like Blake is kind of going through some similar deals in the girls that he's been seeing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's holding it in. We're young, we're dumb, we're just in love and trying to screw everything that moves. And then you get older and it's like, no, we're trying to find someone we get along with for the long haul. Someone that like, I can scream at you and you can scream at me and then I can listen to you and then you can listen to me. Right. Yeah. Someone that pushes you forward and motivates you. That's where it's like, I mean, you can't get away from that. Like definitely if it's a supportive spouse, they're going to make you more confident. Like that's definitely Mm going to be a funneling of energy. And it's just like, that's a benefit to have like that, that boost of confidence on its own it's is a step all, ahead. It's all a numbers game because once one gains the support of two and then two gains the support of four and then four gains the support of 37 and then 37 gains the support of, it goes exponential from there. Right. <laughs> that's kind of goes back to what you said earlier though, is experience has gained your confidence to know what you want. Right. So you can be a little bit pickier on it. That's with anything, I guess, is the more experience you have, Mm -hmm. the less time you spend overthinking things and the more time you spend assuming things. 
I would yeah. agree with that. Yeah, as well. absolutely. Past experiences. And especially looking at myself as an example, like returning to the insurance industry two or three different times. I've just always gone with it because I've done the position before. It's comfortable. It's something that I know and something I'm something I'm really good at. At the heart of it, it's just a basic customer service position. So even the job that I do right now, at the heart of it is a basic customer service position, but it's the exposure with the information and the job that I'm doing that shows me the opportunity and shows me the potential that is more than any other potential that I've seen with like other customer service positions. I mean, a customer service position is a dime a dozen. Every company has their customer service positions. It just comes down to how you want to grow, what you want to learn about, and how you want to actually contribute with the knowledge that you've learned. It's the next step you want to go from, from where you're comfortable right now. What's the mm-hmm. next add-on to stack on top of this? Like right. I know some people that have done the same customer service position for over 20-some years. Like They are just very comfortable. It's something that they know. It's something that they don't have to put a lot of brain power into because they've put so much time into that they've converted it. It's, it, co- it comes with that confidence and experience. And then you try to tell them that they're doing something wrong. It's, well, I've been doing this for the last 15, 20 years. Um, back me up, boss. Like This is not right. <laughs> That's where I've kind of come with retail is because like I've done retail for 15 years, you know, customer service. And it's kind of the the branch that I'm making into now is because I, I recently left my retail job and I want to do something in the realm of art. And that's hard because I probably wouldn't have made I probably wasn't competent enough in my art six months a year ago to make that decision. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have the experience. I hadn't been drawing every day. I hadn't, I I could have probably made it, done it, but I wasn't confident in my abilities, but now I'm more confident in my abilities to possibly find something in that general realm and break out of something that I've done for 15 years. You know, it's weird to hear you say that out loud. And you've you've freelanced (laughs) your art before. So you have, you, you, you do have a following that is growing. Right. For your art. Right. I've have profited off it. And I got to do that with my last retail job too, where it was kind of a transition where I was doing retail, but I was also doing their marketing and their um, you know, advertisements and then doing that for the podcast now too, where that really taught me deadlines. Like you can't just play around and work on this all day because it needs to be done by so-and-so. And that's mm-hmm. not normal in, when you're just doodling in your notebook. It doesn't matter. So doing it for other people. There's a difference when you're, under, when you're under the pen for yourself and you're under the pen for someone else's money. Mm-hmm. It made me feel like the first time when I had to do that, where like we had this poster that was coming up. They said, you, gotta, you can come in. You have an hour and a half that we can you know, give you to, to do it uh, with payroll. And if you can get it done in that time. And I went in and I cranked it out and it turned out great. And like, I walked out of there feeling confident. I was like, I knocked that out and I knocked that out an hour and a half. You didn't have time to second guess yourself. No, yeah, no. It was like, okay, move on, move on, move on, move on, move on. And I was watching a dude who, um, I think I sent you one of his videos, Kev, who does clay stuff. Oh and yeah. He did, he did the same thing where after he like finishes a part of a body, he'll bake it in the oven. That way and, you can't go back and change it. Yeah. Yep. No, no getting so caught up on the fine details of every little thing. Move on. Move on and keep going. Be confident in what you've already done. 
So that way he always starts with something basic from scratch. And if you don't yeah. like it, you can make changes the next time you do it. Right. Do Adjust it. Exactly. Adjust your process. Always refine. You're always getting right. better. That's how you build confidence is you got to see progress. That's huge. That's where I feel like there's a big issue with that with people who get stuck in like dead end jobs where it's like you don't see progression. You don't see yourself moving forward. You don't see, so you feel stagnant and you don't feel like you're moving forward. So you're not confident in your abilities. It's like, am I the same as I was five years ago? But yet the company knows how to make, how to make you happy enough to keep you around without asking too many questions. Pizza party. Pizza party, guys. (laughs) Here's a raise every now and then. You're making a little bit more. We appreciate everything that you're doing. You're still making a little bit under the average what you would be making for the market, but we're not one of those companies that can pay you the average. But you've been with us for like 15 years. We give you one of the best parking spots. Yeah, treat your employer like they're a cable company. <laughs> Threaten to leave to get the deal. Right. As my brother liked to say, yeah, basically, they make a dollar, I make a dime. That's why I shit on company time. <laughs> so you're just feeding me peanuts that are trickling down, supposed to try to make me happy, you know? Like, which I think we're seeing now, we're seeing a little bit of change in that where people are standing up and be like, Nah, pay me for what I'm worth Mm because this place said they will. And especially with the rise of the whole workforce movement, everything with minimum wage, like people realize they're like, these jobs, we're only getting paid like nine and 10 bucks an hour. And we need at least 13 to 14 for it to be like livable for us to maintain these jobs. And now, these employers have no choice but to give them what they've wanted this entire time so you can actually get them to want to work for you. That's true. You, you got to pay people. Do you think community as a whole or society as a whole is becoming more confident in them, like in society as itself? I wouldn't go that far because I feel like you have, oh, there's two sides of every coin. So you have people that are confident, people that are not confident, people that are growing their confidence and people that are losing confidence by the minute. And it just depends on the experiences and the choices, the decisions and the outcomes that are happening to both of those people, to all of those people. I think it's more like an ebb and flow thing, too. Like you see the waves travel through like cities when a city starts revamping itself. They, mm-hmm. It puts a lot of confidence into the community. And then years down the road, okay, well, we did that 20 years ago. It's good. We don't need to do it. Things start falling apart. Mm-hmm. And you start because to see... They start losing their support. Yeah. And that trickles down into the community, too. You can see them start to lose their confidence. Well, if they don't care about it, why should I care about it? And then... Mm-hmm. I definitely get that. Like, the thing I was thinking with it, too, though, is like, if you think about society as a whole, we're now asking for as a whole better wages. Individual individuality is more like um, appreciated, and like more people are more okay with stepping out of the the societal norm, and that's just more acceptable. And like, too, yeah, also like race and everything, we're taken to more of a stance of like be the individual, be yourself, be like, that's becoming more of the society norm. Instead of fit into society, 
find yourself kind of thing is I feel like where we're kind of, that is definitely a common theme is know yourself and live the life that you want to live. Cause I don't think you, like you said, like it, it, it fluctuates, it's waves. Like even with us, I'm, I mean, maybe some people are, but I'm not confident all the time. You know what I mean? Like when I'm confident, I try to run that thing. Cause it's fucking rare. It's freaking rare. But uh, yeah, like it's going to come in waves. You have those peaks and those, you know, mm-hmm. cascades. Goes back to what you were talking about, Kev. Like you think about projects that you want to work on and then you talk yourself out of working on those projects because you just didn't have enough confidence to talk yourself into doing those projects. Mm-hmm. Right. Excuses. Maybe it wasn't that time. Maybe it'll come, it'll come back, circle back eventually, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But- I'll, keep, I'll keep having this conversation and eventually I'm going to say something different than I've said in the past. And that's going to move the conversation in the right direction. And whatever that different thing is that I say is contingent upon what happens in the future. Maybe that's it too. Maybe it's people don't take enough time to have that conversation with themselves. Like you give yourself all these reasons and you, then you just say, okay, but it's, mm-hmm. what if you gave yourself all these reasons and you sit down and digest those reasons, like, well, is that a real reason? Okay. No. Is that a valid reason? No. Why am I not doing this? Still not sure. Let's do this then. Right. And that's where I feel 100%. like I get in my states of like confidence because I have like this nagging, like everything's going to go wrong. All this stuff's going on, but my confidence, like all these excuses. And then my confidence is over here. Like, shut up. Nope. You're wrong. This is this. Like it's yep. ex- as this is feeding excuses. This other one's now saying, no, you're wrong because of this. No, because you've done this before. No, this and this and that. So I have like this, Instead of just only this thing yelling in my ear, I finally have somebody fighting back. And it's that confidence saying, no, that's all bull crap. Why are you even telling yourself that? It's just training the brain to think that way because you can force yourself, not force yourself, but you can teach yourself to think that way all the time instead of being so negative on yourself. You know, it's you got to have that self-confidence before you can have confidence in anything you're going to do. You have to believe in yourself. Right. And like we were talking about before, it's, it's a balance because you can't be, you can't be competent all the time because there are some times when you probably shouldn't attempt that because you don't have the skills and you could kill yourself or you could cut off a finger or whatever else is like, sometimes you do need to have those checks and balances of, Oh, I probably shouldn't do that. You know, it comes down to the situational confidence that you're looking to achieve. Like if you're, if you're in the heat of the moment making like, a decision on the fly, or if you have the opportunity to do the research and do the grind to find all the knowledge before you make the attempt. And you need that middle ground somewhere, right? Because that's where I am is I want to research it all. Give me all the facts. I need to find all the facts. <laughs> kind of and the then same it sends way. me down these other rabbit holes and all of a sudden I'm 10 other projects down the line. And I forgot how exactly. I even got into that. Oh, I was going to say, that's why we work so good together is because I'm the opposite where I hit roadblocks because I didn't read any of the instructions and I just bull nose my way through everything. And then you've done all the background checking. So then when we come together, it's like, I'm stuck here. And you're like, oh, well, you just have to do this, this, and this, and this. And I'm like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Like, you just needed someone to supply you with your spark notes. Right. I was talking to my aunt about that with... 
it's kind of like blind confidence, but it's also the act of like not caring because she wants to get in. I sent her like Copic type markers, like alcohol markers to do her because she got into like colored pencils and she hasn't colored it since February because she let it just kind of like build up in her head in this thing. She was doing good. She does great. She, like, she's amazing at coloring. Um, and she like, let it build up in this thing and hadn't been using them and was like been going by this book that was teaching her how to do things and kind of letting her halter. And I was like, when you go use those colored markers, don't expect it to turn out to be anything. Just go, just go do it. Just go write it down. Just go explore the medium. And it doesn't have to be anything. You don't even have to let confidence be a thing because it doesn't matter what you do. Like that doesn't matter. You're learning, like take that out of the equation altogether and just let it be what it is. Let it be an experience kind of thing. And she said it was huge. The books and the research can be kind of overwhelming at sometimes because it's like, I don't do that. Sometimes right. you that was have her thing. the people that they just want that initial research done. So that's where like they, they've at least given them a place to start. And then they just have to continue what's already been started. So then they're not, they don't find themselves directly at square one with just this giant open blank white space. They at least have a road to square five. And then at square five is where they make the decisions on how they want to grow that open white space. But do you need to follow that path? Is, is, the, is that path so defined? I feel like there are some the people that do. Some yeah. people, it's just not possible for them because they do get overwhelmed very easily. And then they're going to be ones that claim that they have high anxiety because they have all these different things that are going on that it just completely overwhelms them that they never want to leave square one. I, I've seen that in management too, because I'll, I'll see people who they want me to like tell them what to do step by step process by process, like what the exact expectations of, and then there's, and they function great like that. They'll get everything done, but you need to tell them to a T what they need to do. Then there's other people who are just tell me what you need to do for today and leave me the hell alone. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I need from you. I just need the goals that you need me to accomplish and, you know, let me do my thing. And it's like, you can't, manage them the same way you can't try to treat them like the same person because they're both good at their job but it's just what they need from you or what they need from how to That's do what something it, it comes down to learning the people yeah. yeah having having the confidence in yourself to take the time to actually learn the people that you're associating with in whatever degree that you're associating them with or with them right it's huge. It's, I mean, I mean, that comes into play too. Like confidence is a big thing in a leadership role. Like if you're not a confident leader, it's you down. can't be too confident, but you have to be confident. You have to be someone that can be depended on someone that they can put their trust in you. Just like you've put the, your trust in them. Right. And if you're confident, they're confident. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if, if like you go into black Friday, like, Oh my God, we're not ready. We don't have anything. Everything's out of order. Da, 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 da. You're like, we're going to nail this today. You guys ready? Like everybody is just hyping you up. There's confident, just exuding confidence. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, but it's you infectious. need to perform too. Like, you like perform, what Smokey's yeah. saying is you got to be dependable. You can, you can come out and say all these things, but if you don't do any of the things you say, mm-hmm. word is important. 
that doesn't it doesn't last long yeah it's huge that's where it's blind is it blind confidence that you're coming in with or is it you know acquired confidence is the confidence you deserve because you have set yourself up for success you have done things like this before see i i would still give it reasonable confidence uh see that's where what you're saying is sometimes i go into things with blind confidence because it's something i want to learn and it gives me right. a reason to do it though like if i go over in there going somewhere and oversell myself on my skills it's all right now you got to really like put your money where your mouth is show people you do know what you're talking about because you told them you could do it yeah see blind confidence is put it all on black and it comes up red like well, what I'm, if it came up on black? Right. That's the there, chance. There's there's 50, 50. But, that's that's but, the chance. But, but in that's these the, situations, the you have more control, though, because you it, control your actions. You control you the path, how things get done. If you say you're going to do something, you, you have control of how you're going to go about getting that done. Great things can come from that, that ignorant confidence, though, because like, that's how my, the vinyl on Val's wall came about. Because I didn't even own a cricket. Kev, you owned a cricket and I'd seen you like you show me some of the stuff that you could do with it. I made a sticker for his car. That was it. <laughs> yeah. I told her about this idea and then she gave me the money to buy the cricket. And then I agreed to it, not ever even working with vinyl and then figured it out. And it, it was a giant confidence boost because you knew you were going to learn how. Yeah, I it guess I, I was, I was, yeah, I set myself in a position where I had to, and I was confident in my ability to, to pick up, um, skill, you know, to learn stuff. And the fact, I think that you did it, Kev made me confident. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you made it attainable. Like, and it was how do you like, think, how do you think she would have felt if it was the opposite and you tried and it didn't work out and you just lost your confidence in it, stopped using the cricket and it was just a waste of her investment. So it, it could have a couple of times. There was, it didn't work out how we planned it. Like it just didn't work out how we planned it. Like it just, when we set things up and how we lined things up and I thought I was going to do all the pieces in one, but I had to like segment them into fragments. And what I learned from that whole experience is that's, that's a project. A project is a living. It's constantly changing. You're going to screw up. You're not going to foresee everything, single thing that goes along. You just have to be confident in your abilities along the way. Like I knew I'm dedicated. So I knew I'm going to push through this no matter what. And she's going to have something up on her wall by the end of the day. You got a vague <laughs> idea of what the end product is, what the end goal is. Right. And the fact that I had to fracture it was one of her favorite parts. It made it instead of being this flat thing on the wall, it almost looks like it comes off the wall because there's gaps in it and stuff. And it like, it all worked out, but I had no clue what I was doing going into it. I've never worked with vinyl. I've never worked with a cricket. I didn't know the artist. I didn't know the piece. I knew very little besides my own abilities. <laughs> to some and that she wanted something on her wall. And her confidence in me too. Like that's what kind of surprised me too, is that she was confident. I just did maintenance and stuff for her and like for her to be confident enough in me to take that risk, you know? Yeah. She sounds like a little bit of a risk taker and kind of, but like, I don't know. She's very decisive. So she knows educated the risk that she's in taking. her risks. Yes. Very educated in her risks. And that's what I think she did with me. Cause like, I think she knew what she was doing. I knew, I think she knew the risks that she was taking. And I think that's I my, my favorite risks to take are commissions. Yeah. Because, because you have to perform. Mm -hmm. And if you tell them you can do it, you have to. 
Mm-hmm. There's no one else to point the finger. If you screw something up that you want to make for yourself, oh crap, I screwed it up. Oh well, mm-hmm. I'll make it work. If you're doing it for someone else, it's all right. Your I got repu- this. Your reputation's this. on the line. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. That may be a little bit of ego, but if you if you succeed, it's a huge confidence boost. There's a difference between ego and history as in repetition as in repetition yes like if you're if you have demonstrated good quality like i don't look at you as having an ego i look at you as you take your time i feel like you could still have you could have good skills and qualities and still have a huge ego that's oh you could you you could you absolutely could some of the greats are like that where they think they've peaked and they think they can't master any other realm, even though they're only good in like one area, but nobody will ever be better than as them. soon as you right. believe that you can't go any higher. That's when you need to, you need to find something else that you can go higher mm-hmm. or yeah. figure out or figure out how to get higher. Like stop thinking about I'm at the highest point that I'm at. Like you should ideally you should not peak. There's there should no ceiling be, on anything. Right. There should be you climbing to the top of the mountain and seeing the tops of the other mountains and the other challenges. And seeing how they're all connected, right? And that's the thing. You try yeah. other things and it teaches you new perspective to the thing that you thought you had mastered. It gives you a whole new outlook like, oh, I can apply it to that this way. Think about like old school rock and roll like rock stars that got famous playing like acoustic or like an electric guitar that was barely plugged into an amp because amps were just so much smaller way back in the day. And now compared it, compare it to like all the high tech new improved amplifiers and the new improved like synthesizers and all the new technology, like someone that truly mastered a craft of the old technology. And then how it has evolved over time and how they have continued to learn it as the technology has evolved. Thus, they have also continually been evolving. Constantly enhancing the skill set that some would have assumed you mastered. Yeah. Because you could just stick with acoustic. Acoustic's still around. You could just keep mastering acoustic, you know? I feel like acoustic will always be around. That's why I want to learn how to play guitar on acoustic. I'm going to learn how to play acoustic guitar. I'm going to learn how to play saxophone. I'm going to relearn how to play more trumpet. I'm just going to acquire instruments and play them. Do it. That's what I, that's what I want to do. Then that's, that's what I've learned too, is the first step in is have the confidence in yourself to buy them, to spend the money on yourself and buy the tools for the things that you want to do. It's a step that like, Oh, because I've spent money on myself, then it's like this approval from yourself to do the things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. You can spend money on so much other things that don't matter and things, but it's like, oh, I've wanted to do this oh, for yes. years, but I don't even own the things to do it. You know, like that snowboard behind me was a really good deal from a from from a friend, but this snowboard has been handed down through like three or four different friendships. Like it's been used heavily, and a lot everyone that has used it in the past has talked about how nice of a board it was for them to like learn how to like learn snowboarding and like just before they buy their own first snowboard. So nice. I'm really thankful that I'm the next one in that path. Maybe okay. one day I'll stop working on the weekends and I'll be able to go snowboard on the weekends again. Maybe. Go. Who knows? 
one day you'll be able to pass it on to somebody else too. Once you figure it out, the idea. Get a new board. Continue mm-hmm. on the tradition. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just funny because, like, when I got it from my buddy, he was like, "Yeah." So my buddy's like, "If he ever even tries to like complain, like the board is the issue, board's not the issue." There's like three other people that will look you in the eye and say that board is not the issue just because they loved it so much. Right. So easy to blame things for your problem because they, they can't defend themselves. Yeah. If only they could. Right. Let it talk back to me. Oh, my God. Miss that. I missed that shot. Oh, stupid gun. Hey, you're the dummy that doesn't know how to aim go to say this it turns around say that to my face say it to my <laughs> face <laughs> it points back at, at you as it says like hey hey, hey. i turned your, i turned i turned your safety on you jerk Some, sometimes it can be the thing as though if it's like an unknown like um recently uh i i uh my mom came to, to colorado and we rented a slingshot and like like the th- two wheels in front, one wheel in back kind of thing. They're cool. And I took it through the canyon, through like mountain roads and stuff like that. And my mom kept trying to tell me to relax because like my jaw was clenched and I'm like driving this thing like this. White like knuckles. Yeah. Any damage oh. done to it, I have to pay for it. It's like, like there, it's a canyon road. So they're all back and forth with like an edge right here. And she kept being like, just relax. It's fine. Da, 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 da. And like on the way back after we stopped and I like headed back, I was more comfortable because I kind of got how it worked. And I kind of felt bad though. Cause my mom's like sitting there like, just get man up, just do this, <laughs> like, be this thing. <laughs> and she called me after she got back home and she had talked to one of her friends. Who's like a motorcycle enthusiast and all that stuff like that. And she's, he's like, He'd never driven one before and took it. I would never do that. I would never take it down Canyon roads like that. Like, and I was like, okay, a little more validated in the fact that I was unconfident in what I was doing. <laughs> like, Cause it was, it was felt sketchy. It just felt like I didn't know any kind of realm that I was in. I didn't know how a three wheels it's like back driven and it's just green machine, but with a motor, yeah, a whole different kind of monster. And it was like, <laughs> it was probably fun to drive though it dude it was it once i on the way back like it was all right on the way there i was like just trying to figure but on the way back i was just like <laughs> like i like the first five like back when i was getting rentals often because my car was getting worked on and um but i would get rentals every now and then and it always take me like five or ten minutes to like learn the vehicle and then after i learned the vehicle it's like i'm driving my own vehicle Right. It's crazy how much anxiety and fear we build up in ourselves. And then once we do something and we've been doing it for a while and it's hard to even remember, like, why was I even so scared of this? What did I think was going to go wrong so bad? Yeah. The first time that I rented a vehicle that had a, um, a variable transmission. So yeah, like it was in manual. Like I had to, I had accidentally put it into manual I did, without realizing. So it's just... <laughs> and I'm like, why would I go any faster than 15 miles an hour? Like, what's going on? Pulled it over and like looked at, like, look, like figured it out. It was like, oh, I got to like put it over here and then it's in drive. I just put it in drive and it was 
Ev- evidently. But my car right now has a uh, variable transmission. I don't use it. Same with mine. I feel like I would burn up my transmission if I did. <laughs> and ideally, I guess, like, my buddy explained it to me that, that it's more useful for, like, going between, like, different inclines, I guess. Like, if I was in a place that had more of an more incline differences, like, then I might want to think about using my, my variable. But because everything is so close... Flat. Like now, I, I wouldn't say flat because we do have hills. Like I do, ha- like I do go up and down hills, but I'm not like parking on an incline, and I'm not oh, like going up a steep incline. It's probably better out here with the straight up mountain roads and right. shifting up. And I'm like, some people, man, down the like they're confident going through these mountain roads. Like I'm here, like white knuckled in a jeep that should have good traction, going like speed limit maybe like 35 40 miles an hour and these people are whipping by me going 60 where you can see a cliff like with a little rail guard and it's a cliff like, i know yeah i can't see the bottom right you, you're just going 60 uh-uh. <laughs> zach no, is one of you. those people i remember when we went to that mountain he was just driving he didn't hit the gas for like a mile and a half he was just coasting <laughs> down this thing <laughs> Yo, no gas no parts. oh <laughs> I do that for like, back from my camping spot every time. It's like I throw truckers. Ride. Like you just gotta have the confidence that that car is not co- that's you are gonna keep that truck from going over the edge. It's it's kind of how it is with um when you're in the when you're drifting in the snow. Like yeah. if if yeah. you're drifting in the snow, you gotta be confident and follow that drift and run it and know what you're doing. You can't freak out, you know. And it's like and that's where we used to do it to play around. But I think when we used to go drifting in our cars and parking lots was one of the best things that we could have done. You know what I mean? Like it taught us how to handle drifts. It taught us how to handle our cars I in those burned, situations. I burned through a set of tires drifting in parking lots. I think it was your car. We took to Fruitport Christian or what was yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that was so fun. We, that was one of the best times of like snow drifting. Cause we were just, we had a nice long stretch. Rash. Dude, it had yeah. literally just snowed and then we were in like that brief period of like it wasn't snowing anymore yeah we were doing full like 360s and like uh like that was uh, and was that my first impala i think so yeah. i think so black beauty because I don't think I don't think I ever went drifting with the contour while I had it <laughs> <laughs> I think I took it drifting a couple times when I had it. Nice. <laughs> I did and go drifting with out. my Bonneville right. when I had that. And everything else went out. <laughs> I think the uh, Impala was... I think I, I went drifting once with my Impala SS. I haven't gone drifting at all with my Subaru yet. Maybe that's why we're so much more like confident when we're young like that is because we don't have the experience to tell us that that's stupid. We don't have yeah. the experience to tell us that that it might be stupid or that it might be a bad idea. We're just like, oh, it's first time for anything. Like, let's go. Like, no preconceived notions. Just, don't, building just don't do it in the middle of a parking lot that has light posts. And right. you're good. Yes. Right. Exactly. We're always like, go, like go to that. a place, like put put thought into it. Go to a place that's open that you can learn. Like going to well, they have light posts, but we stay. They're 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 pretty spaced out. Like right, you know where they are. We yeah. were we were safe enough. I mean, there were a few where I was just like, okay, I gotta get control because we're going towards this light post. <laughs> That's I how went you to Northway a lot. 
Northway was yeah. big. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, did- Northway. That was another place that, that uh, saw me quite often. They had a driver's training course out front of Northway for a mm-hmm. while. For the longest time in the summertime. Yeah. The parking cones. <laughs> I mean, think like what other place in Muskegon has a bigger parking lot? Walmart. Maybe. Walmart. <laughs> That's usually packed the cars though. That's true. And there's That's tons true. of light posts. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Orchard Market was we'd go there sometimes. Suppose, yeah, in the very they were closed in down the, for a in while. the very back, yeah. Yeah. So that was like a decent place to go. Makes sense. Confidence of being young. Like <laughs> I mean, ignorance you, of being you, young. You really should. <laughs> at a, when you're you when you're growing up, you have to have some level of support so that you can learn like what is good and what's not. Right. Because yeah. generally speaking, like you're doing something that like everyone else is like, nope, not me, nope, not me, nope, not me. All you, all you. Like you mm-hmm. are alone in this, and then it turns out to be a bad experience. Like you're gonna learn not to do that again. There's a reason why none of it. There's a reason why you're the only one that jumped off that cliff and none of your friends did. <laughs> That's where they can be the opposite end of that. Instead of me saying not me, they're like, do it, do it. And that peer pressure can give you the confidence to do some stupid things. That too. Especially when you're drinking, like the liquid courage. like And when you're trying to impress the other sex. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That brings mm-hmm. in a whole nother variable. You'll do almost anything. Right. I actually. <laughs> Like I've seen it from both ends. I've seen guys that have acted overconfident to attract the women. And I've seen women that have acted overconfident to attract the man. It was a, it's a, a role that I think we have, like we set for society though, too, because like, at least for myself, I don't even feel like I try to, but like when I'm in like public with like a woman, like I take on that role of protection. I have to be like confident. I have to be in charge of situations. I have to be able to, if someone tries to mug us or something, like I'm a bigger dude, I'm not going to expect this, you know, maybe five foot three. Protect me. Yeah. Help me. Yes. <laughs> take her, not me. Yeah. Da- yeah, yeah. Take her. <laughs> damsel in distress. Right. And, and then I'm- you just throw her, throw her, but she comes, she becomes a damsel, a damsel in further distress. Mm-hmm. That's just confidence in your abilities, confidence in your abilities to fight. And it's like, I was watching a video the other day and like the guy walks next to the girl and he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to walk on the side with the cars so that that way, if I get hit by a car, it doesn't kill you. I I did the same thing with Justin Arrow. It was the same thing. It was like, I don't know what my mind just went there. It was like, if anybody's going to get hit, it's going to be me. Like that just makes the most sense in my brain. (laughs) Their continuation is the most important thing to you. Right over my own and it's like i don't know i don't know if that's confidence in my abilities that i would like i put myself there to get hit or because i think that i'm confident enough to see something coming and make the action to get it out of the way like well that and i think it's defined as a chivalrous act yeah. so that's how we were raised gentlemen want to, to exhibit chivalry it's funny because i'll see tons of people like walking down the street and like the guy on the outside, the girl next to the, next to the road. So it's like the opposite of what like my mindset is. And I'm just like, God forbid she gets hit. And then he learns for the rest of his life that he needs to be on that side, but then he gets it. Right. And then he doesn't have to learn anything. Yeah. Right. Like, like he tried. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's that, that sense of nobility and like chivalry, chivalry, chivalry. But I think we're like begging to come into an area where like there is a middle ground in that. Like, I don't know. 
like we all are just as valuable, but it is the situation that like, I don't know. It's the role you decide to take in those situations. It's situational. And it's everybody's got their own defined roles too, probably like in their own heads, right? Right. Like the part you play in life with the yeah. people you're with. Are you going to be the vigilante or are you going to be <laughs> the superhero or are you just going to be the commissioner Gordon? <laughs> or even like a one piece kind of thing, you know, you've got your captain, you've got your cook, That's you've got it, your yeah. navigator, mm-hmm. doctor, all roles that need to be filled. It's exhausting always being the competent one though. You know what I mean? Like it's hard very, always being the one that, very exhausting. that that brings the confidence and brings like is always the voice of reason and calming. And mm-hmm. sometimes you need that balance where they can be confident too. And they can en- re-encourage you and you lose confidence because no one's always confident. And so I think that's a huge thing is where you, yeah, you got to share that responsibility of confidence, not just expect your partner to be the only one. That's where the communal thing comes in. You're, you're all there to raise each other up, to keep each other up on the high notes. You should be. Right. And that's where I feel like when we focus on ourselves, we, it's like a, we're trying to help ourselves, but in a way we're just stabbing ourselves because we're not helping our friend who's supposed to be helping us. Because if we were mm-hmm. helping them, then we'd be going up too. And instead we're doing the opposite. And it's like, you know, you feel better when you do good things for other people. Like I feel even more confident, whatever. But if I do go help somebody else, I have this like sense of just like, I'm a good person. <laughs> like, and I'll go just puts me in a better mood. Oh, at that. I wrote that in the discord a few weeks ago is I learn more about myself when I'm doing things for other people than if I were yeah. just trying to do something for myself. Same thing. So with commissions, the exact same I mean, thing. It adds a different level to it. Yeah, like they depend on you. It's we're society driven, you know. I mean, we're like a colony of ants who's trying to all live on their own, you know. Like it doesn't work. You need your colony, and, you know. We need those backlashes, those interactions, those boosts, those drags. Like we need to be depressed together. We need to cry together, but we also need to boost each other up and motivate each other and laugh together. And you know, we need to be human with each other. With each other, exactly. Yeah. Like spread that energy between each other. It's probably stuff like that. That was the reason that like modern day religion, like kind of became a thing, like a place that we can all go where we have shared values and we can all like contribute together. Right. And that's where I think we talked about this before, but it's like, why do you need a deity to understand his acceptable manners to treat one another? You know how you want to be treated. Why don't we base uh, just a whole concept around that? Like humanly, interactions and like this is how i would like to be treated so this is how i feel like we should all treat others because you've got these weirdos not weirdos but these people these individuals who will say well i want to be treated that way so i'm going to do it this way so you have to introduce a fear factor into it well if you do act that way then this will happen yeah I i was just thinking what if like like I've never really like given the time to like a Jehovah's witness to like, listen to them completely. But like, what if they come in and they're just like, yeah. So like, this is just, we just go around. We just kind of, we just talk. Like we don't actually believe in this guy. Like we're just kind of like, like we're the people's religion and no one gives them the time of day to ever find out. (laughs) The people's religion. (laughs) Some reason that reminds me of communism. Yeah. It was South Park that came up with that whole Jehovah deal like we just we just talk about our feelings all the time right how are you doing today (laughs) it's just a bunch of shrinks that's why they begin with 
do you have a time? Do you have a minute to talk? <laughs> How like, long we are just, your minutes? We just want we we just want to talk. That's got to be like. I mean, to the respect, like I don't know much about Jehovah's Witnesses either, but like that's got to take some confidence in itself. I see them walking around all because yeah. we have a community like adjacent to us that's like heavily <clears throat> populated by people that follow Jehovah. I don't know what they got, like what they would technically the term would be i just know the witnesses right yeah i mean i guess like and then there's like there's a building like over yay that's supposed to be like some like headquarters per se like it says like jehovah headquarters and a bunch of other words that i can't that i can't make out shouldn't be making out um, words anyway (laughs) and that i can't understand that i can't decipher but i do see them walking about walking around because that you have like they have like the temple that they all religiously attend at these specific times. So you see them all walking to the temple. It's crazy to think about is people back in the day used to go door to door. They would drop their job and buy a bunch of product to go door to door and try to sell that product. Vacuums mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Vacuum salesmen. And yeah. When some new elect, well, that's the thing too, is like back then too, think how many new technologies were coming out. You had the light bulb, the vacuum, the typewriter, the personal computer. You had all these giant changes in like technology that were dropping constantly and no marketplace to find them. Sales has always been around. It's just been a different product that you're peddling. There is still door to door too. You saw mm-hmm. knife, I- knife sales and... <laughs> Rainbow vacuums, vacuum salesmen. The, uh, what, what was it? Um, at least over here, I think it was Vector uh, knives. Yep, Vector. I remember yep. that. Yep. Had my like a handful those. of my friends that worked with Vector. So every now and then I would get a call and I'm just like, oh, who are you associated with now? <laughs> that was almost travel on waves too. What? That was almost travel on waves too. Like you see them in one area, then they just kind of move. Right, a little bit. Well, they probably have like a whole like, okay, we're gonna hit this section this time, and then like, because that's how when I worked for AT and T like that, that's what they they had like sections Uh, that we were gonna go hit, yeah, and then you move through the neighborhood, and then maybe these people finally forgot to us by the time we get back around to them, kind of thing. (laughs) That's what I always thought. Like when I worked for the Humane Society, sim like going door to door to business, same as going door to door residential. You're still going door to door. You're just seeing a different audience, but same concept like you like you had your territory that they called it which was like a mile by a mile or whatever it was like a block by a block like whatever the distance was you better stay on your corner (laughs) and yes like you're not supposed to go into other people's territories but you had other people's territories that overlapped so then you would go in and you and like try to like give your pitch and oh such such and such was here the other day and it's like they weren't supposed to be like what the hell right there goes your confidence out the window (laughs) you're not selling it after that you go to three in a row that have given you that exact same response it's like okay i can't hit this shopping complex i have to move on to the next and then you're having a conversation with that person at the end of the day like hey why were you outside of territory like oh i was in my territory like no your territory ends here I appreciate you starting those sales for me. Next time, let me do it myself. I got this. Right. 
Well, it's it's a hard industry. Like that's one thing I couldn't. I didn't, it was very hard on my confidence because we the day that I did, I did it for one day of walking the pavement with AT and T before I realized what it was. But uh, I went through the whole day. We were there from like ten o'clock to like seven o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. We got one sign up. Yep. And you don't get paid unless you get signups, right? Yep. Correct. And I was in training, so I don't think I got paid anyway. Nope. <laughs> and it was just like, it's like, yeah, it's like this some days and then it happens. And- yep. You just got to keep having the confidence that you're going to attack the next day and you're going to make five sales. Well, And some people aren't just like, no, no, thank you. Some people are like, get off my property. I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? like, yeah. You had some people. And especially, the especially, <laughs> especially when I was in areas that like, they had a scam in the past. So mm-hmm. like you come in and they're like, Oh no, 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 no. You're trying to scam me. It's like, no, no, no. I'm actually just here to talk about cats and dogs. Like talk about these puppy mills and talk about these like no kill shelters and all this new law. You have a conversation with them and they're like, yeah, sorry. I was so hard on you. Like we were hit by such and such like AT&T or whatever Comcast, the, like just scammers that are always claiming that they're with these companies so then you sign up and then they just take your they take your stuff because they're not actually with those companies so that was they made, that, was. They, they made it a point that when you when you presented yourself to these people like show them your badge like show them that you are legit but then it's but then some of these people would anyone can come up with a badge like how That's am i, I supposed, thinking <laughs> how am i supposed to just believe that you're with this company well does any company just have an ipad with this website and that's I've never the only seen website that website open. yeah that's i've never seen that website before <laughs> well you can actually access this website this is how you do it from a from a public computer like oh okay maybe this is legit right it reminds me of that blog creations episode i saw today they put a for sale sign in front of a random house <laughs> and went and knocked on the door and they said no it's not for sale they're like well can we see the living room and they brought them into the house and let them see it and stuff Yep. But he's like, yeah, we're not selling though. <laughs> what do you mean it's not for sale? You got a sign right there. So he's like, yeah, oh, I know how it is. Like you decide to sell and you change your mind because yeah. you're just in love with the house. And he's like, no, no, we're just not selling it. <laughs> I don't know who told you that we're selling. Well, you well, you have a sign on your front. They go over and like what? <laughs> That's what it was too. <laughs> That's what they say with going into like, uh, if you want to get backstage or if you want to get into concerts and stuff like that, if you act like you're supposed to be there, if you're just confident and just act like you're supposed to be there, you can get backstage. You can get anywhere you want. Just act like you're supposed to be there. Just it's like be what confident. you said. It's how you use that power. You can use that power unless, for good or evil. Unless yep. you're like trying to get into the person's like dressing room and you need a badge for that stuff. No, you. Oh, hey, I'm the guy who's supposed to check for mold up in the ceilings. Like, I need to go check this out. It, I mean, I can hey, go, I mean, but you're you going to be the one who's going to be sitting you, here with mold yeah, stuff. So you yeah. got to do it. Oh, Listen, yeah. I deliver the drinks, and if you want them to be upset, that's on you. It's not on me. Yep. And then you get them thinking, like, "Oh God, I do not want to get lashed out by that right. person." <laughs> Van said they need a cocaine and I don't get a badge for that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here with the band. What's your role? I pedal the Coke. Yeah. Oh, they need you now. Yeah, dude. Like, why weren't you here 20 minutes ago? You're late. You didn't see the weed guy out in the parking lot, did you? (laughs) There's like seven of them out there. Like, I got the weed. I got the weed. They're like, dude, you put out one post and 
everyone and their mother wants to sell you their weed. Oh, who was, I want to say it was Jack or something like that. When they went to Europe, they're like, who's got drugs when they landed. <laughs> and then, so the same, actually that happened, like fans would just come up and be like, Oh yeah, we got you guys. Like, yeah, no, 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 no. Like no worries. And they kind of did it as a joke, but now they do that every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. They never have so, to travel with drugs because they're just going to get them when they, when they show up. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine? Uh, having, could you imagine having that status? Yeah. Well, it's it, it's the asking too because it's like uh, Zach was just telling me about like somebody that he works with had something similar where they they were at like a food cart that was closing and they were just like, "Hey, do you guys got anything you know like on discount or um, you know anything like that on sale because you're guys closing?" And they're like, "Yeah, I got you. We can take care of you." And like he turned to Zach and was like, "Close, uh, close mouths don't get fed, love." <laughs> and it's like if you don't speak up you're not gonna eat you know if you don't say something or if you don't have the confidence to ask or none of us are mind readers right right you have to like be confident enough to say what you want you know there's a difference between asking for discounted stuff and asking for free stuff right because right. if you go to them they're trying to close and you're like hey you're about to close you're probably gonna throw some of that away i can just take that for you it's like another freeloader and that's where they asked for a discount and got it for free because yeah. they just asked hey can i still pay for it is there any discounts because you guys are closing and it was just like see like if you asked for it for free you'd have to get it out of the can later right we're kind of i mean at the pizzeria we don't like to decline business but if someone calls within the last like 15 minutes and wants to order something that's going to take like 20 minutes to cook it's like okay if we're doing this, like there needs to be a reason, like you, like you got to scratch our back and we will scratch yours. So if they, if they order that in like a big order, then right. they make it a little bit more as opposed to just ordering that one thing. Right. Which makes sense. It's like, you guys got to do what you do to run a business. Like you guys got to go home and like the payroll to keep you guys all there. That extra that half not gonna hour. It. It's not covering it. No. Right. Uh, running a business. Treating people fairly. Yeah. That's where it's just to do anything. You have to have that, like the confidence in yourself to, to pursue it, to like, like you're only, you know, an artist, a musician or whatever. If you just choose to say that you, that's what you want to be and start doing it. You know what I mean? Like have the confidence to pursue it and just define yourself as it. You know what I mean? Like that's all any professionals done. They said, I want to do that. And they went and did it. I'm a, this, you got to stand up and just be like, I'm a, this, and then everybody get on my way. I'm a this. And it's weird how like when you start saying I'm a this, people are like, oh, they're a that. And mm-hmm. then they start treating you like a that. And it's just they're like, a that. don't you see they've got this that re- that is required to be a that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is equipment too. If you have the equipment, you're a professional. <laughs> if you can afford the equipment, you're a professional. If you can afford the equipment and you can demonstrate at least how the equipment might work. Yeah. Then you can Africa, really get, yeah. get people's attention. Yeah. But if you if you've got someone that knows how that equipment works and you do something that they're just like this person doesn't know. <laughs> you got to know how to truly fake it. There's bad professionals. <laughs> how do you how do you, how do you know when to proclaim that though? Like I want to be this, so that's what I'm going to say I am. How do you know when that's the thing? I think just 
when eventually that regurgitated conversation and eventually that one thing that pushes it into the positive. Yeah. You actually go to Hobby Lobby and you buy the paintbrush and you buy the canvas and you buy the paint. I did that. I painted a very crappy picture and haven't painted since. <laughs> but at least you tried. You're not going to know if it's going to be crappy unless you try again. That's true. And it'll probably be better next time, right? Yeah. yeah. I, it's funny that you say this. I literally was thinking about this in the shower today. A year or two ago, I was frustrated because I didn't know what I wanted to pursue at all in life. Like what any kind of path that I wanted to pursue. And I was frustrated. And then today in the shower, I was frustrated because I don't know what path I want to pursue in art. Like, do I want to go do animations? Do I want to do logos? Do I want to do things like this? And then I caught and I thought of that old thought. And I was like, you were so frustrated for because you didn't even have any clue what you want to do. Now you at least know you kind of want to do art. So you've narrowed it down and now you're just as frustrated as you were before. Like take light in the fact that you have honed it in at least that much. You know what I mean? So it's like frustrated with the fact that you haven't made your decision. Yeah. But it's the the fact that I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. And it's like, it's all path. You don't know where you're going to be. You don't have to define it. What, just, what do you like to do? What do you, what makes you confident? What are you confident in doing? What do you find joy in doing? And it's like, and then just decide. Like then just, you could be wrong. You can make a mistake. You could spend five years on it, but you had at least the confidence enough to decide and try it. You know, I feel like that's where my problem is. is I just tried too many things and I like too many things. I don't want to lock down on one thing. Find a way to merge them together. That's like, but start to look at it as more of an alchemist role and merge these things as opposed to doing them separately. I like that. I, I'm going to be an alchemist. I like that. <laughs> that is a perfect way to describe that. That's that's kind of where it's like, and you learn different aspects from from the same concept. Like that's where I'm with art. Like I get upset that I'm not, I'm not focused on one area, but I learned you know line work from um, from doing logos, and I learned like spatial plane where I put stuff in the space from like animations, and like there's some things that you take from all the ways, and even that's not where you hone in it can help you in the end game. It can help you when you finally get to where you're trying to go. Cause you have experience in all these different areas. True. Everything you're doing is for a reason, right? And it always yeah, comes just, back up at some point. You gotta be happy Supposedly. with where you are. You gotta just be happy and confident where you are. Not so focused on the future. That's where I feel like the future can like deter confidence because you're, you're getting too caught up in what could be and not what you've already done and what you can do. Some people that are too engrossed in the future, that they're not able to focus on the present. It's a good quote from Seneca about that. Our lack of confidence is not the result of difficulty. The difficulty comes from our lack of confidence. Mm Hmm. Yep. It's, it's, it's what it is with everything. If you want to do something, just be confident in it. Like you're, even if you suck at it, you'll be better than you would if you were confident attempting it. You know what I mean? Like if you try to sing and you're not a good singer, yeah, you're gonna suck. But if you say if you're not a good singer, you go, I uh, and uh, uh, it's gonna be terrible. You, you gotta know, actually like, try. You gotta yep. try. And every time you try, you'll get a little bit better. You'll learn something new. I think there's a skit in um it's always sunny in Philadelphia when um D forces uh Charlie to go do stand up and like she tries it 
before him and she just gets up there and starts like having like dry, like dry heaving because she's so <laughs> nervous and she does this every time. So she religiously comes to this um, comedy club and she's known for doing this. Like they literally, they even make fun of it. They're like, all right, this lady, you know her because she dry heaves every time she comes up here, but let's see if maybe this time it's not. <laughs> let's hear it for d reynolds and then she comes up and, just, and they're just like well haven't seen that one before <laughs> <laughs> that's where there's a split on that with comedians like a lot of comedians uh drink before they go on or do drugs before they go on and then some other comedians like gives them that never edge. do anything before they go on because they don't want it mm-hmm. takes away that edge so it's like it's that confidence boost. We had a we had a comedian at our um, at my school for one of the uh, nightly event or whatever, and uh, one of the kids in the crowd was trying to like heckle the comedian, and was he was drinking? You could tell, and he even offered the comedian a beer. Like this kid that is underage just announced in the middle of this aud- aud- of this auditorium that he's got beer, he's drinking and he's just offering it to the, and the comedian <laughs> and the comedians like, um, no, I'm, I'm not going to drink that beer. Cause I'm, I'm a professional. I'm, I'm working. I'm, I'm making money. I'm. Is it illegal but, to take a drink from a minor? Probably. Cause you're knowing you're now, you're now aware of what they're doing. That's illegal. That, you're now technically if, an accessory, but, but you're taking it away from them, right? You are taking it away. Technically. That's true. But they have offered it to you. It's not you offering it to them. Right. You're not supplying oh, man. them. It's I'm probably gonna buy, I'm more gonna buy bad beer. not to take it. <laughs> I'm going to buy beer for minors. And when I get caught, I'm going to be like, Oh no, no, no. They were buying it for me. Yeah, they they said they had a guy, so I was yeah, just like, yeah, yeah go I was for just it, like, dude. okay, like, well, like, yeah, like you can buy, like, have your guy buy this, and then I don't have to buy it. Like, it just makes it easy. Yeah. Like, who's the guy? I don't know. They didn't tell me that. I just told them what I wanted. Yeah, they they just asked me what I wanted. I told them what I wanted. I gave them my money, and I got I got what I wanted. And now you're here. Would you like one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had a, a a comedian in Spring Lake when we used to go to like the free comedy shows. One time he goes, uh, so how many people in the audience smoke weed? And I was, it's when it was still like not recreational. So it was technically illegal. But me, I was like, I mean, I smoke weed. Everybody I know smokes weed. So I was just like, yeah, I smoke weed. I'm the only one in the entire crowd that raises their hand. And he goes, ah, it's this one. It's this one called cops. Oh, <laughs> classic. classic. To me, I was just like, yeah, I smoke weed. What about it? Like, I'm excited yeah. for this bit. I can be part yeah. of it. We can smoke some weed. Like, My coworker asked me the other day if, if, I, if I smoke other things besides cigarettes. I'm like, yeah, I have no reason to hide it. That's... Uh, I almost feel like I'm too confident now about smoking weed where it's just like, to me, it's like a cigarette. Like, why are you going to complain about me if you can smoke a cigarette? There's still a lot of places that have zero tolerance, though, especially in Michigan. Like, you're not allowed to do it. Mm-hmm. It's legal, but it's not legal here. Which is just wild. Like, I feel like you could fight that. Like, if you got taken to court by them, you could fight it because your state level says that it's recreational. It is recreational and People there are laws. It. There are laws that you are supposed to follow. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not in the middle of this playground, s- smoking this giant blunt and offering it to kids, you're okay. 
You can still get right. fired from a job, though, if they have a zero tolerance policy. If they have and a zero tolerance policy, yes. Yes, that, yes, you can. And people have because fought at it. The end, and because and at the end lost. of the day, it is a Michigan is an at will state. Yeah, so yeah. you are an at will employee and they can literally get rid of you just because they don't like the color of your eyes. That's where it's like the cops out here have laxed with that a little bit because like how they treat cannabis is, is like if you're not making a problem, they're not going to make it a problem. But if like other stuff you get to worry in an about. accident and you're smoking weed, like then they're going to blame it on yep. the weed. And if like so they're still got that little bit of edge, but they're not like joint. I smell it. They're not going to hunt it down. Exactly. Like Michigan, I remember back in the day, like they were after you. Even if you didn't have weed on you, they thought you had weed on you. You know, mm-hmm. they, they knew it. They were going to find it. And it was just like, calm down. Like it's just weed. They like, get very angry when they find it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, dude, quite angry. I'm not drinking. It's not a knife. It's not a gun. You know, yeah, I mean? yeah, like, a lot yeah, of worse things that it could be. Just a plant. It's not like, three ounces. Like, I'm not selling you're, to kindergartners. You're here, like having me, you're having me bend over my car, like, and you're treating me like I'm a criminal. Like, I was just sitting in my car eating a pizza with my friends, and we were just having a time. Yeah, we might have parked behind this building. How are we supposed to know <laughs> stuff was going like stuff that happened in the past? Like, it's just yeah. crazy that like people will get that kind of experience over smoking a plant. Right. Right. And especially now that like, if you have that experience back then and then now it's recreational and acceptable, it's like you were treated back like that for something that was changed in the eye of society. You know what I mean? Now it's, they'll talk about smoking weed on TV shows and they'll talk about it more openly in movies. And it's not, it's more of a, even like the Simpsons had it shown as medicinal, like Homer Mm -hmm. was smoking it medicinally and like they were using it medicinally. So it's like, but to be so demonized, like you said, still in the same state you could be appreciated in one aspect and demonized in another county like that's just a weird concept you can still it get is. killed in certain states or certain countries for it oh absolutely was a lot of different different parts of the world yeah i think it is amazing that there are that it's probably one of the only like medicinal herbs that you can say has been all around the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm sure that they have ways of getting weed to Antarctica. Right. There's probably some like super hidden crop that's super like. That's where the greatest weed that we've ever even uh known to man. It had to evolve to live in such harsh conditions. Controlled environment. Like (laughs) it just holds everything, the trichomes and everything in place. We went to a, a, a disc golf course recently, like a pay to play. It wasn't that good. Uh, but you mentioned the, that the dude had like a full on greenhouse full of weed, just like in the parking lot of the like is a Colorado an awesome place. Right, right, exactly. I was just like, oh, a little greenhouse. And I'm looking in the windows. I'm like, oh yeah, it's really a greenhouse in it's there. It's a real greenhouse. Yeah. Me. I worked at a greenhouse when I was younger. And I remember one time this helicopter flew overhead and all of a sudden all these cars pulled in and came up to me and my buddy who were working. Where's your dad? We don't live here. We just work here. And then radioed in. He's in the back. He's in the back. I guess he was growing like weed plants in a greenhouse that he had hidden in the back. And it's like, 
the CIA, the FBI, somebody was like coming well, in yeah, to back get in, him. Back in that day, it wasn't medicinal or recreational or anything. So you weren't working on the actual plants, not the actual plants. I you was were actually working on. on no, okay, he was you're working on like normal a, greenhouse. Okay. Normal greenhouse. How old were you? Like 14, 15? I was like twelve. Oh, like young, yeah, 12. younger than that. <laughs> yeah. Dang, that'd be wild. Hey, I need you to trim these. What, what kind of plants are they? Oh, they're just a really, really weird blueberry. Yeah. <laughs> when do the berries come up? They don't. That's there. how weird they are. But I need what's, you to trim the herbs. What's Skunk this stuff berry. on my fingers? You're not supposed to touch that spot. <laughs> Here, let me scrape your fingers off real quick. <laughs> that's why they. That's what. That's why you wear the gloves. They, but they. Then okay, give me those gloves. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the thing, though. Too is it's always been around. Like that's my my dad grew and smoked since I was a kid, and like hid it from us. And I, I had to like understand what was going on when I was older and knew enough. But it was just like you know, like it's always been a thing. Like people have always done it. Like you're just bringing it to the surface. Yeah, like that's that's where I feel like that. I don't know. That comes in a lot. I was joking with uh, with my ex one time that we were watching a uh, year one. And like joking about like you know I guarantee you some t- some of these people just had to like sneak behind the pyramid to like go smoke some weed, right? Right, dude. I'm so tired of building this thing, man. Like, come on, it's just like brick after brick. My like, arms are jelly. Take a hit of this. Yeah, like, <laughs> I can work for hours. Oh, I'm a mummy. Take a hit of this. Sniff this. <laughs> I mean, we have though. Like, we've been finding different ways of getting high for since we were able to see normally. <laughs> and you have like, to think the person that had the confidence in trusting that this plant is not going to kill me, mm-hmm. and that's right. how we got to where we are today. That that's where uh, stoned ape theory comes in because they think that like a possible path for human evolution was primates finding magic mushrooms on the ground and consuming them and then because they're psychedelic trips and the confident boost that you would get from these drugs those were the people who became the leaders are the ones who like took these like uh these drugs and stuff like that same thing with cocaine cocaine alcohol they can make you more confident and be more of a leadership type role you know like you have to you have to think event in in a group of masses like what is going to be the deciding factor that distinguishes the leader in that group. Mm-hmm. And if you're spending some trippy stuff about the trees moving around and the sun flipping on itself, they and can see visions. Yeah, God has talked to him. Future. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, if like mushrooms and stuff like that, that gives you a little sense of that confidence that it sheds off those anxieties and stuff like that. So you do, you can act less, Fear isn't much of a problem. So you might go face that lion because you can like, that's how um, uh, like berserker mode with the, um, the, what are the people who went and invaded a bunch of places? Vikings. Vikings. They had oh, like yeah. a berserker they would, mode. They, yeah, I feel they like would it was like a drug eat, and they would. Yeah. And they would just go hard. They would just go destroy this city. Yep. And they would just like, yeah, just go off on people, do like unhumanly like feats because they're kicked nothing's, off. Yeah, nothing's yeah. going to stop them. Yeah, like, like they like they are a force. That's where the really? bad bad name for drugs came from is stuff like that, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Because they because they were manipulated. It's all about how you use it again. Moderation, yeah, and moderation. moderation. 
Yeah, it's like drinking we too much coffee. We go once every four moons, <laughs> and I want you to take mushrooms three times every moon <laughs> to build your stash. That's the only time they work. It's when there's a full moon. That's where the story of werewolves came in. So yeah, just and if, if, there's, if there's just a little sliver, they don't work properly. And it's just like, oh, oh you dumbass. It's not a full moon. It's almost a full moon. Can you me imagine like being in a village and just see like a like a, a crowd of men in with axes hopped up on mushrooms speaking just gibberish running at you like what do you do how do you react to that good luck you don't like what do you do like <laughs> yeah. run like just that's where I start just doing the thing from EDM shows and doing like the finger magic on them and try to just like <laughs> distract them. Just like turn into Doctor Ooh. Strange. Like, yes, have fun. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it works commodity of fingertips. <laughs> right. he can and, by the time, and, and, and by the time that they leave your fingertips, you just run. Right. <laughs> oh, where'd they go? Wait, like hiding behind a rock. <laughs> right. You're just standing in between all of them. Mom said that it would never come in handy. <laughs> she said ma- she said magic was a waste of my time. It's, it's it's interesting in that state. I guess that's that ties back in where like we were more competent since we were younger, but it's like it's funny how those same drugs that people make people more blindly confident also make them more like a big toddler or childish right it's because we look at the actions that they do is because they're doing more actions that like a reasonable person would not do so that's why it looks at we look at we look at them as like they're just acting immature and they're just acting childish because they're not putting rhyme to reason isn't that where ingenuity and creativity comes from though is not acting in the norm yeah yeah to a degree i mean i think there's a difference between acting there's a difference between not acting in the norm and going against the grain yeah like if you're trying to make a point like i hate everything that's supposed to be normal right so i'm gonna rebel right i saw somebody today with a jacket that said sinner on it it's like so does that mean you're christian you have a time to, yeah, you, can, could, I, could I please have a moment of your time to talk there's a, a frozen yogurt shop <laughs> it's a misspelling it was supposed to be singer I'm just really good at vocals <laughs> I could have gone either way yeah this hood on everything you look like you might be in a death metal band you're like the fourth person to point out my misprint I'm, uh, I'm just waiting for the new one to show up Hey, bro, I got a cricket. I can cut a G for you. (laughs) That's how you could demonstrate your skill. Right. That's where I feel like that's a dangerous cavity, though, is because that sense of rebellion is like once people feel like they don't meet that criteria, then it's like, well, fine, I don't meet that. So I'm going to be the opposite end of it. And you put the blinders on. Yeah, it's because like, oh, well, I'm never going to attain to your goals. So I'm just going to be the counter your goals because that's just who I am, I guess. You know what I mean? And it's just like, 
that's where putting those such high standards is dangerous. It's like, well, it can be. If I fail this one, then I fail all of them. So screw it. Get into that depressive state. You just got to yeah. find those things to drag yourself out, things to build mm-hmm. your confidence. Right. That's the same thing as those tech, like we said with the information, the guidance manuals. It's like, it's trying to tell you if you try to listen to it and like you're not, you didn't do it the way that they said. So then the project's all screwed up because you didn't do it the exact way that oh, they I said. I missed to that do step. It. You know, it's yeah, the same thing with sitting. To the contrary, though, sometimes those instruction manuals, like there's a reason that you follow them. And if you do it yourself, you may actually miss like a very, very important step. So then when you put the thing together, it's just not going to work the right way or it's not going to stand the right way because you missed that instrumental that that like that step that caused this issue. Some great words for the late Bob Ross. Happy little accidents. Happy little accidents. (laughs) Well, and somehow those manuals are written, man. Like I literally like most of the things that I have to put together are because people tried to read the manuals, couldn't figure it out. And then just so give it to me and I just do it without the manual because it's like, I, I get how this thing was supposed own. to look. Yeah. Dude, how I you- was actually thinking about doing that for spare money when I come back is putting stuff together for people because I get how to do it. I've done it enough and people hate doing it. They just can't, just some of us can't stand doing it. Like, and it doesn't take me long and I don't mind it. Like it's not that hard. It kind of sucks sometimes because the, yeah, the, the manuals aren't always right. They put the wrong parts in with the wrong stuff. So the stuff doesn't even work together. Yep. Like there's a lot holes aren't drilled. Like there's tons of things you can run into. So it's not always user error. No, definitely not always. I got a laser a while back, like just a hobby laser and it didn't even come with a manual and I had to put it all together myself. Really? <laughs> yeah. I ended up having like, to find a YouTube video and even that wasn't that helpful. Yeah. Like my buddy that um, he got a portable green screen. Well, it's a green and blue screen, but there was no instructions on how to fold this thing. So we literally watched a YouTube video on how to fold this thing and worked for like 15 minutes and finally was able to properly follow this guy's instructions on how to fold this thing. So that's where I love the videos. The videos are like so much better. The age we live in. We have that freedom. It's so easy to get your confidence up too, just to watch something. It is. You yeah. can watch anything on the internet and learn how to do it. <sighs> yes, you can. Do you know that's there's a, a right point. way to fold a sheet? Like a, a down sheet? Not a down <laughs> like sheet, the but the, the fitted sheets. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. That tricky way where they're just like, put it done. Okay. And you're like, dude, I, I literally just roll mine up still and throw them. I've watched a couple of those, but I still just roll them up and throw them in there. I did one. I took like an hour watching it. <laughs> That's where it's that can get me inspired to do other things, even if it's not the thing that they're doing. Like when I want to be productive, I will watch some of the YouTubers that do cool things and things that are out of their realm or like things that seem like hard. And seeing them accomplish those makes me feel like I can accomplish things and it'll set me on a path for the day to get stuff accomplished. Like, the trick is as long as it doesn't set you on a path to keep watching other videos mm-hmm. or work while you're watching them at least. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. like do yeah. something like then just yeah. consume. Uh huh. Consuming doesn't build your confidence. It's a bandaid. I, I feel it like is. it's, you need the, or at least it can be. You like you need the inspiration. Too much you, exactly. It's moderation. It's just another drug. Like it, you have to digest to like regurgitate. Like you need I was thinking about that. Like even with like the videos and doing references. If I wouldn't watch as many cartoons and TV shows growing up, which I always kind of regretted how much I watched TV, like that wouldn't be a part of that. You know what I mean? So it's like 
you need the programming. You it's do. just what are what are you programming yourself with? What are you watching? Mm-hmm. Are you watching What's reality shows and goal? drama? Or are you watching right. humor and are you watching love and hip hop or like real or like hot or the housewives of Atlanta where it's all just reality drama? Right. See, it all goes again to perspective, I guess. How are you gonna use the information that you intake? What True. are you what are you getting from those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because someone who's already dramatic could watch that and see how to be less dramatic. Because yeah, like, like, oh, I do that. Or yeah. see how to be yeah. more dramatic. Or more, yeah. more dramatic. Oh, that's accepted? Okay, I'll do that more. <laughs> like, it's acceptable to burn someone's car? <laughs> right. But, the, but that, but that, the, that okay. wife did it. The next video is how to make a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> oh, and I want to make a mojito, too. <laughs> mojito and Mo- mojito and Molotov cocktail Friday. <laughs> this one's for me, and this one's for you. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh.